Hi, Marked listeners. We're planning some exciting things for the future of the podcast, so we want to hear from you. Take our fun survey and give us all of your opinions about Marked to enter for a chance to win a Lifeway Women backpack filled with Bible studies and other great resources for diving into God's Word. To take the survey, go to lifewaywomen.com slash podcast or click on the link in our show notes. We can't wait to hear from you. This is the Mark Podcast from Lifeway Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heineman and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. Did you know we have a weekly newsletter? Each Tuesday, we'll drop some encouragement and good news in your inbox. If you're looking for the latest Bible study releases, events near you, giveaways, scripture reading plans, free downloads, and more, sign up at lifeway.com forward slash women's news. Hello and welcome to the Mark Podcast. I am Elizabeth Heineman and I am here with my co-host Kelly King. Hey Kelly. Hey Elizabeth. How are you today? I am good. You know, right. we're, we're just uh, trucking along doing the podcast and we're very excited today because we have um, a really different topic to talk about. Yes. And we actually have on Stacy and Barbara Riach. And we were talking before we started, their na- last name is spelled differently than you would think it's pronounced but we're all like scots irish or scottish and so those those last names are just said differently you know it's like mine that's right, that's right. <laughs> so welcome stacy and barbara thank you glad to be here so glad let's start out and tell us about yourselves and your family well thanks elizabeth and kelly for having us it's really great to be with you today and and Stacy and I uh, just love talking about our families. Um, I have the great joy of being a wife to Ron for almost 50 years now. And uh, we have three grown children. Um, I'm also the grandmother of seven amazing kiddos, four of which belong to Stacy and Ben. And it's just such a joy to be a family together. <clears throat> Um, I did teach Bible study fellowship classes for many years and had the joy of serving as the director of the children's division for Bible study fellowship. So now I write from my home in Minneapolis and I'm learning to love snow again. Yay. I love that. Stacey, tell us a little bit about you too. Well, I have been married to Barb's oldest son, Ben, for almost 22 years. We actually met in high school, um, and we have four kids ranging from 18 down to eight. So our two girls and two boys, our oldest is in her freshman year of college, and our youngest is in second grade. So we are in multiple stages of parenting at the same time. Um, We live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where my husband, Ben, pastors Three Rivers Grace Church. So 
I'm a pastor's wife and a writer, speaker. I write on um, a lot of Christian living type articles for different ministries. Um, And my first book is called Wilderness Wanderings, Finding Contentment in the Desert Times of Life. And then this past year, Barb and I wrote together, Making Room for Her. Yeah, Yeah, we want to talk about that book because it's about in-laws, which is like, that's not a subject that you often hear, you know, books about, but it's a really important topic. And I think we don't talk about it enough in developing those relationships. So tell us kind of what prompted you both to to write this and how you wrote it together. Yeah, that's a good question. So Barb and I have a lot in common. We both love books. We love writing and ministry and our family. So we can talk for a a really long time about any of those topics. And we tossed around ideas of what might be a fun project to write together. And as we were thinking through it, a friend suggested, what if you write on your own relationship, on the relationship between a mother and daughter-in-law? Um, which really hadn't been at the forefront of my mind um, when we were thinking of topics to write together. But we prayed about it. We thought about it and did a little bit of research and realized that this is a topic that really hasn't been addressed very much. Mm-hmm. And it's a huge need. It's it's one of the relationship between mother and daughter-in-law, I think, is one of the trickiest relationships to navigate. So... We're definitely not writing as relationship experts, but as two women who have struggled and grown through more than 20 years of being in-laws. Well, I was so excited and yet scared when Stacy and I first started talking about this book and writing this book on the mother-in-law, daughter-in-law relationship. Um yeah, I was excited and scared because um, I knew the workload would be great. And I also knew that the subjects that we'd have to talk about would venture into places that perhaps we hadn't gone before and might be a little hard. Mm-hmm. You know, that we would, things would be uncovered that, um, that we would have to work through first before we could talk about them. And so we had, I'd say we had reached a a very comfortable place in our relationship. And I knew that the writing of this book would stretch us beyond that. So when we in the book talk to women who are eager to cultivate a better relationship with their in-law, I can say that that had to become a desire in our heart first. And so... uh, as Stacy just mentioned, you know, we we have realized that the in-law relationship is tricky. I mean, when you talk with other women, it is one of the most um, stretching and challenging even relationships in the family. And um, but Stacy and I want to encourage all women, whether they've reached that place of growth and development in there with their in-law or that they've given up. We want to encourage them that no matter what, uh, God can give them a genuine love for one another. And we're eager to share the lessons that we've learned and pray that those will be helpful to others. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, and every, you know, every relationship is a little bit different, but mm-hmm. there are some, some really basic things that we can, can learn from one another. And I mean, I really feel fortunate. I had an amazing mother-in-law. And so she was a good example for me. And, and now that my son, my son's been married about a year and a half. And they live, um, they live a long way from us, but still it's just, you know, navigating that new relationship and, and trying to figure that out. And you guys have 20 years. So that's a, that's a really good like track record of being mm-hmm. able to, to say that you've gone through some different things for sure. Yeah. And I like how you talk about stretching. Um, and so that's kind of what we wanted to ask y'all about is maybe even before writing the book together, what are some ways that you intentionally work to strengthen or stretch uh, your relationship with each other? Well, maybe I can give this a go Yeah, here first and just say that, um, you know, I I knew it was God's grace that helped me to love Stacy in a special way for who she was. And so I did sense that God showed me some special ways to connect with her. You know, when you're not living in close proximity to someone and you only have really isolated times of visits, you have to be keenly aware to not stay focused on yourself, but to watch for ways to encourage this other person. And so I discovered that Stacy likes chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) Who doesn't? (laughs) And, you know, so when when I saw that her eyes would light up, or if I brought a little box of chocolate or something, I I made note of that. Um, I also noted that Stacy and Ben love to go away and spend time together. Their role in the church requires so much from them. And so uh, in in an attempt to really encourage their relationship, uh, Ron and I wanted them to know that, you know, their relationship takes precedence in, in our family. So we we try to arrange for a time each year that we can go and stay with the kids for a while while Ben and Stacy get away. Which we are so grateful for. (laughs) (laughs) We just came back from our belated 20th anniversary because of COVID. Our plans, you know, got delayed about a year and a half, but we just enjoyed a wonderful week away and it was so sweet to know that Barb and Ron were with the kids and, you know, just having a great time and giving us time to focus on each other was such a gift. Mm, Um, I would add to that too, just, you know, how to intentionally strengthen their relationship, just communication of making it a priority to spend time together. And, you know, that can be tricky because Barb and I, we've never lived in the same state. And the first seven years of our marriage, we were in different countries. Barb and Ron were in South Africa. Um, But, you know, God's given us so many means of communication with technology now and with the phone and emails and texts and and then when possible in-person visits. So I think, you know, being intentional to reach out to your in-law and writing our book together has definitely 
shown me more ways to minister to Barb and has shown me what's meaningful and important to her. And, you know, kind of what she talked about of being a student of our in-law and really watching for what makes her tick and what she enjoys doing in her free time, what communicates love to her. And sometimes that's, you know, me being willing to get out of my comfort zone to bless and encourage her. So while it might be more convenient to just send her a quick text, I know a phone call means a lot to her. So, you know, picking up the phone and making time to, to chat for a while or, um, scheduling a time when our whole family can say hi through a video call. I know Barb and Ron love those when everybody can get on even for just a couple minutes to say hi and give them a quick update. So just, you know, communicating, not allowing too much time to pass between us without talking. And I also think just asking, you know, how can I be praying for you? I think praying for each other connects us at a deeper level and helps us to really know, you know, what's going on um, in each other's lives. When you had children, did that relationship change a little bit? Um, like, were there different things that, or Barbara, did you feel like there were new things that you uh, learned about Stacy as, you know, as you watched her become a mom? Absolutely. Um, as Stacy mentioned, uh, we lived overseas for several years, and it was during that time that Ben and Stacy had their first two children. So we were, you know, we had to navigate this new role from 10,000 miles away. And, um, yeah, probably learned from that more than we succeeded at uh, showing them the, or blessing them and strengthening our relationship. Because we were new grandparents at that point. And we lived uh, such a distance. But we did, you know, I can say that it's through those years that we learned. It was such a learning time. And mm -hmm. we learned as much through our failures as we did through our successes. And I think the things that Stacy just mentioned about connecting via uh, Zoom calls or phone calls as well as written communication is so key. And perhaps there, on my part anyway, too long of a period of time between our uh, communications in those early days. But we learned that that was our growing time. Yeah, I think definitely kids, you know, add a whole new dimension to the in-law relationship. And, you know, on one hand, I remember when we had our first baby, just being so, I couldn't wait for Barb and Ron to meet her because they were overseas at the time. And, you know, you're just so excited to share, <laughs> share your joy and have everybody meet this new little person in your family. Um, but, you know, as the kids grow, there's, there's other things that come up of just, you know, I wanted so much to be a good mom and to be a, a godly mom and trying to figure out what that meant. And, you know, wondering like, does Barb think I'm doing a good job with this? <laughs> does she, you know, does she approve of what I'm doing? You know, kind of wanting that approval and then, you know, struggling at times thinking, you know, oh, maybe I'm being judged for the way we're educating our children or, um, and not that she was doing that, but, you know, just feeling those things sometimes. Um, I think 
adding, you know, having kids in the mix can definitely deepen the relationship, but also cause, you know, some, some extra stressors at times. Absolutely. And I think, I think that's one thing that I had to learn as a mother-in-law. It's funny how when you grow older, you kind of forget the things that were, are really important to a young mom. I certainly had felt all of those things as a young mom as well. But uh, I had to learn, again, that it's very important to give that affirmation, give that, give that young mom, give Stacy a sense of, um, of my joy in watching her be a mom and in the special gift of this new baby to the family. It's not, you know, it's not a time for, for me or any mother-in-law to come alongside and try to be the expert with uh, advice. It's the time to give love and uh, affirmation to this young mom and young couple with a new baby. What I love about what y'all are saying is that it's true of any relationship, you know, to communicate and to find out what's important to each other. And I love, Stacey, how you phrased it. You studied Barb, became a student Mm -hmm. of her. And Mm -hmm. I think that's such um, a unique way of stating just being a really good friend and family member and finding out what makes someone feel loved. And so I think that's something that even those of us who don't have in-laws can take away from this conversation for sure, is that we do need to find out what, uh, how our friends and family feel loved and to go out of our way. Sometimes it's not the same that way that we do, um, but to go out of our way to make sure that those conversations happen and um, that we uh, are showing them love in the way that they mm-hmm. want to be shown love. So I appreciate the way y'all are talking about that. Um one of the things that we wanted to talk about, because we know that mothers-in-law can uh, sometimes get a bad reputation in popular culture. So what are some ways that you have been supportive or you can be supportive even when you don't agree with your daughter-in-law um, or your mother-in-law? And what are, like, for example, what if there's a faith difference? I know that's something that we're probably seeing more and more Um and maybe you can talk a little bit about Ruth and Naomi that you talk about in the book um, and how they navigated that relationship. Oh, well, aren't they a beautiful and yet challenging example for us all? Um, but, uh, you know, Naomi could have just and was filled with regrets. Um, she, she calls herself or renames herself in terms of the bitterness that she felt in her heart. And so she she was a woman who was really having trouble looking at the goodness of God in the midst of very trying circumstances. And so that reminds us that we will most likely have challenging times like that as well. But to remember that whether we have, uh, we are, both followers of Christ or not, that God is at work. God is at work in in our lives and in this relationship for bigger purposes than we can possibly imagine at this point. So we can't just look back and think of all the things that we have done wrong. 
it's uh, it's very valuable to keep our eyes focused on God and look at our at Him first in, in, instead of our circumstances, and know that His character is mighty and strong to do more than we could ever think to ask or imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and and too, like, so I think there's sometimes, and, you know, I'd like to hear, Stacey, you maybe take this one, and then, Barb, you can add to it as well, but sometimes even boundaries that we have to learn in order to have healthy relationships. So have you had to establish some boundaries with each other? Well, I think, you know, we've we've kind of learned and grown as we've gone along <laughs> and made mistakes. But but I think that a big thing for us would just be, you know, Ben and I, my husband and I talking things through together before mm-hmm. we talk things through with either side of our parents. So you know, this would include holiday planning, vacations, um, and even, you know, issues that we might be having with parenting or ministry that, that we want, you know, we want Barb and Ron's input or my parents' input, but it's important that Ben and I first seek the Lord together and take things to the Lord and, and to each other before we go to our parents. And and really, I think that's that's a big part of leaving and cleaving, right, of, of just prioritizing the marriage relationship before other family relationships um, that our parents, I think we say this in the book, that our our parents become our second line of defense instead of our first. And, mm-hmm. and so just being sure that we communicate well together before we go to the in-laws and say, what if we do this for Christmas? Or, you know, what if, or what do you guys think we should do with this, you know, parenting issue we're having yeah that's really an important point (laughs) Um, and you know what I've learned is to draw a boundary around the definition of my role Uh, I see my role now as coming alongside to serve and support so in making room for her we look at the example of Moses and Joshua Because when God told Moses it was time for Joshua to lead, uh, there wasn't resentment and competition uh, on his part. We we don't see that in the scriptures. We see blessing and support. Mm. And so uh, through this process of being uh, growing in my role as a mother-in-law, God is helping me to see that this isn't a loss for me. This, uh, my identity in Christ has not changed at all. The purpose of my life is wrapped up in, in glorifying God. Mm-hmm. But my role in life will change. Mm-hmm. And so I'm learning to love my role of being a mother-in-law. And that means that there are different boundaries that I work within. And so I... I am learning to offer advice only when asked. (laughs) (laughs) There are definitely times you just need to keep your mouth quiet, right? Like you just need to be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And so that's that's a key one for me. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Well, uh, one of the questions that we always ask on the Mark podcast is, 
what is one thing that has marked you in your walks with Christ? So we'll just take turns. And Stacy, you can go first and um, let us know what's one thing that's marked you. Yeah, I love this question. I would say um, I became a Christian my freshman year of college. And before that, I really saw, you know, church, I really saw like the Bible as just irrelevant to my life. And, you know, I went to a church that I had to be confirmed, um, went through confirmation class. And that was the one time I remember opening my Bible, we had to read the book of John. And it was just kind of a duty that I had to do. It was just drudgery that I had to (laughs) read through the book of John with an older member of the church in order to be confirmed. And then, you know, after I did that, my Bible just went back on my shelf as a dusty trophy. And when I really became a believer in college and, and God gave me a new heart, I started to see the Bible not as a duty, but as a delight and realized that it's the word of God that changes me and that transforms my thinking and that it's a gift and that the the church, the local church is a gift. Other believers are a gift. So, um, yeah, I think I would just say it, it marked, I guess it, it marked my life to see the Bible studying the Bible, not as a duty, but as a delight and a way, a primary means that God's given us to help us know him and grow in our walks with him. I love that. I feel like that's what we're all striving to do, or at least that's been a struggle in my own life is to, to look at the Bible, reading the Bible as a delight and not a duty. And I think that's Mm -hmm. just a continual struggle. Um, as, as much as you hate to like admit that, but that is, uh, I think something that I hear from a lot of women. So I thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. And it's not that I don't want to give the impression that I'm always like, Ooh, yay. I get to, you know, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I mean, I, I definitely struggle to, and have those days where, you know, uh, there's a hundred other things I feel like I need to do, but I think just remembering this is how God changes us to make us more like him. And this is how he transforms my thinking and how he gives me joy, even when I'm feeling, you know, down in the dumps. And so um, just realizing what a gift it is to study the the word. And this episode is going to come out January 31st. So we know a lot of you are probably struggling right now in your Bible reading plans. Mm -hmm. You made those plans. So let that be an encouragement to you. It's not, it's not that every day is like, oh, yay, I get to read the Bible, but it's that faithful um, mm-hmm. reading it. And that is how we get to know our creator and uh, the one who sent his son to die for us. So um, it's definitely a privilege, even though sometimes um, we may not see it like that every day. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I hope that's encouraging to people for sure. Barbara, what about you? Well, Everything you all have said is tremendously encouraging me to me today. Uh, I need to remember to think biblically, uh, you know, to to take God's word in and then to actually <laughs> believe it enough to take a tough situation and not get bogged down in the tough situation, but to think, now, who is God? Who is God and what has he 
told me about himself in his mm-hmm. words. So one thing that's marked my walk with Christ this year is to um, highlight in my own quiet time with him an attribute of God that he has impressed upon my heart um, that day. I've chosen 30 and I kind of go through the same 30 each month, but it, it helps me to just stop that flood of concern when I'm wrapped up in the issue or the struggle with forgiveness or the challenge in my life and say to myself, what do I need to remember about God? Uh, God, remind me of who you are. Uh, you you are the one who's loving, compassionate. You are just, you're sovereign. Whatever, whatever he brings to my mind at that moment. And then I ask him to help me process my struggle, mm. my thoughts, my words through the filter of who he is. He is love. He is for forgiveness um, to me. And so, so what that means, what, where do I take that? I am learning to practice the love and mercy and forgiveness that God has given me as I encounter the issues and challenges in life and relationships. So that, that is a word right there. Absolutely. I was just thinking, and even like you said, Elizabeth, I mean, we're, we're kind of at the end of January, but it, like, that would be a great thing for people to include in their time mm-hmm. with the Lord is just like, like that day marking an attribute of God and looking yeah. for God in the passages we read when we've talked about that before and how important that is. And, you know, Barbara, you even mentioned Bible study fellowship and I, I was involved in that years ago and, and in leadership, one of the things I remember was just the prayer time that we had, that we started with that. Like everything we like, we started on our knees and just saying out loud the attributes of God. And, and I loved hearing um, how personal and just what God was to, to each woman in that moment and for that day. And so I think all of us as listeners, we could definitely learn from that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, this has been such a delight to just get to know you both. And we're excited about your new book. And it's called, if people didn't hear the title, it's called Making Room for Her. And you can go to LifeWay.com and just put that in the search bar and you'll find that. And I know that um, if you you know, are an in-law or you are, you have a daughter-in-law like this would be, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to like, I've already read through kind of part of the book, but I want to go back through and just praying for my own daughter-in-law and that it'll be an encouragement to, to our relationship. So thank you both so much for being with us today. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Well, Elizabeth, thanks again for um, this week and we'll be back next week, right? Yes, we will. All right, see you then. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heineman. Use the hashtag Marked Podcast to connect with us. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at lifewaywomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time.
Home should be a place where we feel at peace, where we can be ourselves, where we feel loved. For a lot of us, though, home is a place of heartache, hurt, and loneliness. As believers, Christ promises us an eternal home. But what does that actually look like? And how do we deal with our current homesickness? I recently wrote a Bible study called Come Home for Women, and I'm so excited that Come Home will also be available for teen girls. It's perfect for small groups, helps girls answer important questions, and gives us a richer understanding of what kind of home God's building for us. The release date for Come Home for teen girls is August 1st, but you can pre-order it now at lifeway.com slash come home. Don't miss out on this opportunity to help girls belong and be loved. Again, you can pre-order it today at lifeway.com slash come home.